Hello, hello, and welcome to Art House Garage, the snob-free film podcast where we make art house, indie, classic, and foreign cinema accessible to the masses. I'm your host, Andrew Sweatman, and today on the show, we have a discussion of the new film, Bodies, 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 starring Amanda Stenberg, Maria Bakalova, Rachel Sinat, and Pete Davidson. Arkansas film critic Jordan Woodson joins the show to help us break down the film. Stick around. If you're enjoying the podcast, don't forget to check out our Patreon. If you subscribe today, you get ad-free episodes, bonus episodes, extended and uncut episodes, and video episodes. In addition to all that, get a merch discount at our web store. We have some great shirts, including one that says, Cinema is Spiritual, and another that says, Watch Old Movies. And it's not just shirts, you can get that design on a coffee mug, on a tote bag, just about anything. You can check out the web store and the Patreon in the show notes to this episode. All right, back to the show. You're listening to Art House Garage. One quick note, you may notice on this episode that my voice sounds just a little funny. I've had a little bit of a sore throat and cough. I have tested negative for COVID, so I don't think it's that. But my voice does sound just a little off for that reason. All right, back to the show. The new A24 film is a mystery comedy called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. It's a film I've been looking forward to for some time, ever since I saw the first trailer depicting a group of buzzy Gen Z actors having wild parties and seemingly murdering each other. What's not to like? The film stars Amanda Stenberg as Sophie and Maria Bakalova as B. They are a romantic couple who is joining this group at a huge mansion, and we learn early in the film they are hunkering down to wait out a hurricane. So a storm is coming, there's a lot of drugs and alcohol in the house, and we also learn quite quickly that there's a lot of tension between different characters, and those things come more and more into focus as the film goes on. They begin to play a game called Bodies, 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 which is a party game, kind of like Mafia, in which one person is designated as the killer, and then it's a murder mystery game. And then, of course, in the movie, someone dies for real. What unfolds is not only thrilling, but hilarious. There ends up being a ton of satire about Gen Z culture, the way younger generations speak to each other, the types of things they say, the fact that they're always on their phones. There's all kinds of interesting and creative things brought into this really clever script. So as soon as I saw the first trailer, I knew I wanted to podcast about it, and I was only more excited to do so when I actually saw the film. We do keep this discussion spoiler-free for the first maybe half or so, and we'll give a spoiler warning before we divulge any details about the film's ending, but I did feel we had to discuss spoilers to fully and adequately dig into this film. My guest today is Jordan Woodson. He's a film critic based here in central Arkansas, just like me. Jordan writes for The Log Cabin Democrat. He's a reporter there as well as their film critic, and he also publishes his reviews on his movie website. I will link to both The Log Cabin Democrat and Jordan's personal blog in the show notes to this episode. Also, make sure to follow Jordan on Twitter. I'll link that as well. They're really active, and I love seeing their opinions on film and all kinds of other things, too. I've been following Jordan for a while, so excited to finally get them on the show. And so without further ado, here is my discussion with Jordan Woodson about the new film, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I want to go puss. You don't have to be nervous. I'm not nervous. Wow, they're so impressive. You're impressive. They're going to be obsessed with you. I just want to feel good. They're not 
not as nihilistic as they look on the internet. You guys, this is me. Oh, whoa. This is your first relationship? Oh no, you just kind of give that vibe. Oh, you know that has weed in it, right? wants to play bodies, bodies, bodies. So how do you play? If you draw the piece of paper that has the X on it, you are the murderer. Let's go. Oh. And if you're the murderer, you have to kill someone by touching them on the back. The most important part, if you come across a body, you have to yell, Body, body, body! Wow. Is that the lights? Our friend is dead. Someone's doing this. They're trying to kill us off one by one. That would be so obvious if I were the killer. Taking off my clothes in the window for the neighbors. Where are you? Hot girl. How long have you known her? What are you talking about? Jordan, what are you doing? I'm staying safe. Really? Because it looks like you're grabbing a meat cleaver to go look for my boyfriend. Just watch your girl. You pushed her, liar! You just want to be me. What is that all you got, mother? I brought something. What is it? It's zucchini bread. Yum. My hot girl, pop girl, rich girl, I'm a girl, fast girl, catch me if you can. Welcome to the podcast, Jordan Woodson. Thanks so much for being here. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm good. Yeah, I've you know followed you on Twitter for a while and uh, love seeing your things you're tweeting out and your movie opinions and hot takes and all that. So I'm glad to have you on the show finally. Uh, and yeah, we live pretty close to each other here in central Arkansas. So good connection to have. But um, yeah, with uh, I'm glad we're talking about this movie. We're going to talk about Bodies, 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 which is the new A24 film. So my first question for you about this movie is, um, did you, were you pretty excited for this movie, uh, anticipating it a lot, or was it just another thing? Okay, I'm going to watch this and review it. Um, or, or was one you had some, some hype around? Yeah. So like coming out of where premiere at South by Southwest, I had people like telling me directly, like, this is a movie that you're going to like, mm-hmm. like this is made for you come a huge, huge donut fan. Like nice. clue is tied for my favorite movie of all time. I love oh, Knives wow. Out. Great. I, I'm, like admittedly a fan of Kenneth Branagh's Agatha Christie nice. movie, so like, like whodunits are like my genre. So people knew That's that great. I would like this. So I did have like pretty high expectations going in. That's amazing to hear because so I didn't know that about you. I know I think one of the first things I asked you on Twitter was, "Hey, if you ever come on the show, what kind of movie would you like to do?" And you mentioned Knives Out too. It would be a good one, yeah. which I still have you down dibs for that one. Whenever they announce that date, uh, but I didn't know like you're into whodunits. That's great. Um, I, I described when I was telling my wife about this movie, I was like, "Okay, it's you know, imagine the setup of Clue, but we've got all this Gen Z satire, and it's it's a you know a little more grounded than that." But um, it, that's a movie she really likes. Um, but well, cool. Well, I guess the next question is, did this generally, we're going to get into all the, the details of the answer to this question, but in a general way, did this live up to the hype for you or not? Mostly, yeah. I think I yeah. kind of went into with admittedly a little bit too high expectations, but like, mm. I mean, I gave it a four on Letterboxd, four stars on Letterboxd. So like, nice. yeah, yeah, I really like this movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, I 
I, I, I wouldn't say that like whodunit is one of my favorite genres, although I do. And I really like horror comedies more and more. I think that's like when those those two tones kind of coexist. That's fun. And I, I get pretty excited about any A24 release, really. Um, just I, they tend to have quality that I enjoy. So, yeah, I was pretty excited for this. And, yeah, for me, it, it pretty much lived up to it as well. I have a few qualms here and there that we'll get into. But, um, well, talking about this as a sort of a horror comedy how well did the horror aspects of this film work? And I guess along with that, sort of the mystery whodunit parts of it. And, that, and that's, uh, yeah, again, I'm so glad to know that you're really into whodunits because that's one thing that I wanted to ask is like, did, did the mystery part of it work? So I guess the horror and the mystery, how well did those aspects work for you? I guess the horror, to me, it wasn't very much like a horror movie as much. Mm-hmm. Like if, I went into this like not knowing anything, not seeing trailers. I don't think I would ever really describe it as horror. Like there's definitely yeah. some horror elements there, but like I think a lot of people are referring to it as a slasher. I think it's a very loose definition of yeah. a slasher. Mm-hmm. It'd be kind of like if you called clue a slasher. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good call. I um I I had an idea that it was more of a horror movie, I guess from trailers. I think I'd seen it described as a horror comedy, Um, but yeah, I I did find it a few moments were a bit frightening, but generally it was more, I guess more of a thriller or something. And it pushed the comedy and satire forward. I guess with the, yeah, go ahead with the like storm hurricane outside and the movie Mm -hmm. basically just like being lit by only phone cameras. And then, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, different, like, uh, what's the word? Uh, glow stick uh, necklaces. Yeah, right, right. Mm-hmm. Th- those kind of give off with the darkness, kind of horror vibes and the thunder mm-hmm. outside. But other than that, not much horror to it. I think if you were to tell like a horror fan this is a horror movie, they may be disappointed of it. Yeah, but like if you yeah. tell them it's a satirical uh, whodunit comedy with some darker elements, then mm-hmm. that's the expectation you can you should have going in. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right on. Yeah. And and, I like what you said about it sort of being a slasher loosely. Um, But yeah, it it really is. I I guess going into it, I wasn't sure how much of each of those things was going to be present, but yeah, it ended up being less scary and more um, with those other elements. Well, yeah. What about the mystery part? Did, so I, I felt like, and with a good whodunit, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but one thing I always look for in that is, am I, uh, successfully along for the ride and uh, am I questioning uh, each person's motives to the degree that it seems like the movie wants me to like do I really do I really have a moment where I think oh it could be them it could be them um, it does it does it kind of uh, fool me in that way and what, what did you think about that for this film I think I I think at some point I was questioning each and every person mm-hmm. including uh, another character who doesn't show up and like mm-hmm. the guy yeah. referred to him off camera all the time but uh yeah, I think I pretty much suspected everyone at some point. Yeah. And I think that's a good uh, recipe for a good who Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. There was, and so we'll get into spoilers in the end. Uh, we're not going to spoil anything yet, but um, there was a sort of, I don't want to say anything too much actually, because I don't want to spoil it. But yeah, same. Like I, at certain points, I really did question even the characters who I thought I would never, like from the beginning, we kind of, we meet first Sophie and, um, B and B is sort of our our way into the story like she's not really part of this world 
but then at certain points the other characters question her motive and and so did i and i was like maybe there's something to it um so yeah i agree it, it really i was along for the ride with it and um really kept me guessing and again we'll talk about the ending uh and whether i predicted anything correctly <laughs> in a minute once we get into to spoilers but let's talk about the performances um was there any standout performer uh, among these and i'll list them really quick we have uh, amanda stenberg as sophie maria bakalova as b uh, Rachel Sonat as Alice, Pete Davidson as David, um, Myhala Harold as Jordan, Lee Pace as Greg, and Chase Dewey Wonders as Emma. So pretty small cast, but each character has a lot to do. Uh, and then there's the character that, that you mentioned earlier that's mentioned a few times, but is not seen for most of the movie. Um, yeah, was there a standout for you? Uh, or did you? How did you feel generally about the performers in this? I think Rachel Senna is probably my favorite performance in this. I think she is yeah. most of the comedy in the film. She is kind of the more, uh, I mean, they're all kind of like out there characters, but she's probably mm -hmm. the most outlandish and over the top. Yeah. And I think she nails it really well. Yeah. I completely agree. She's my answer as well. Like she, she's, so I know her from Shiva baby last year or two years ago, whenever that came out and she's so good in that too. And I think she's really, she can find the comedy in, being really uncomfortable <laughs> like in shiva baby there's so many close-ups of her like just the most cringy kind of moments where like she's going through <laughs> horribly awkward things in that movie and in this you know she's like screaming and scared and um and, and at certain points when there's confrontation is really um put through a lot of <laughs> psychological turmoil and she really makes that funny uh to to watch that's a, an interesting kind of trend in her uh, career so far is like she's just a really good actor yeah, and she is she's kind of she's I want to say over the top in a way but she's it never is too much I think uh, but she probably is the biggest performance in it and um, yeah and that's just like her personality I guess her character's personality but yeah really really fantastic and and very funny I think I think the scene with the gun is probably like very like she nails yeah. it so well mm -hmm. yeah yeah, I was going to mention later when we talk about kind of favorite moments, but that scene, there's a lot of jokes about podcasting <laughs> as a podcaster. I, was, I thought that was so funny. Uh, I, anyway, I was thinking yeah. about you during those scenes. So like, yeah. I know I'm going to be talking on podcasts about this. Because yeah, yeah, they kind of mentioned at the beginning, uh, oh, I love your podcast. And it's sort of like a joke, like, okay, I roll. This person has a podcast. And then later they kind of push her about it and find out one character is hate listening to her podcast and all that. And she's like, it's really hard. You have to make a Google calendar. It's like, she goes into it. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. I was rolling. Um, I thought she was great. Uh, Maria Bakalova, I think is super good too. Um, who I had only seen before in Borat too, which is probably where most people have seen her as, as Borat, Borat's daughter in that film. Um, I haven't seen Borat too, but yeah. I've seen uh, Jed Apatow's bubble. So oh, I had like a that. That's completely right. different introduction to her than most wow, people. Wow, so. interesting. Yeah. I have not seen that film, so I don't know what, what she's you like. probably shouldn't. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of what I've heard. Um, but uh, yeah, she's a little bit like timid in this. And um, yeah, again, she's kind of the way in but I, I, for the audience because she's is the outsider in a way. But yeah, I thought she was great. Um, yeah, I, I kind of kind of nailed that, that tone of... Um, uncomfortable around these people but trying to you know do her best with her girlfriend here and all of that um have you seen amanda stenberg in anything before she plays sophie 
Uh, yeah, I mean, she was ruined the Hunger Games. She was in That's lead right. in the Hit You yeah. Give. Yeah, I forgot uh, she was in Hunger she Games. She was yeah. in. She was just in Dear Evan Hansen. That's the, right. She's just in. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot that too. I was thinking about the Hate You Give, um, but I I should have checked her page more thoroughly. But I've seen her other things too. But um, well, she also in this YA movie like a few years ago called Everything Everything. So yeah, I've seen her in a few. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, comparing this to the hate you give was my what I was going to bring up, and I guess I've seen her other stuff too. Just it was something different from her, but I think she did a really good job. Uh, I like her in the hate you give, you know, as, as for what that movie is, and I think she does a really great job, kind of holding that. But this is such a different performance from her. Um, but I think she just holds the screen really well and uh, is is kind of uh, magnetic. I think you kind of like. There's a scene early on where she's talking to Pete Davidson's character, and like I, I was just like. I, I could eat this up. These two characters talking was so much fun to watch. Um, what do you think about Pete Davidson in this film? I mean, Pete Davidson pretty much in everything plays Pete Davidson. <laughs> yeah. And But I mean, he plays Pete Dav- Davidson everything really well. Yeah. I think this is uh, probably my second favorite performance from him other than uh, The King of Staten Island. So mm-hmm. I think he does it really well for what he gets to do here. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I have not seen King of Staten Island, but he's held such an interesting place in the culture as well. Like, <laughs> you know, having recently broken up with Kim Kardashian and all of that. Um, yeah. So there's that aspect. I want to talk more about him, but we'll save it for spoilers. But I have a couple more thoughts about him. But yeah, generally, I thought he's, he was. He's, he's really funny. carving himself like an interesting path post SNL. Yeah, absolutely. And this was. Um, yeah, in a way unexpected, but also in a way like such a perfect role for him. <laughs> you know, I think yeah. that he, he did it really well. Um, and you know who else I was really impressed with that I've not seen in anything, I don't believe, is Mahala Harold as Jordan. She really brings um, a unique energy to the group. It's interesting because you kind of are thrown into this group and you, you don't really have a great sense of all the characters at, at first, just like V's character is. It's kind of thrown into it. And jordan is a character that you kind of um i mean she's kind of intense right and and i think that that that's kind of what helps her to stand out um in a way that yeah and i I just think that performance really did that well and you almost even right at the beginning you almost fear her a little bit because she seems just a little bit more um intimidating or something uh but yeah where she goes i think her and amalis her and amalis stanberg really play off the uh animosity they have for each other really well Mm -hmm. yeah Absolutely. Yeah. And that's interesting too. I think the script does a good job of sort of teasing those things. And then there, as, as things go out, you learn more and it builds those things. So yeah, I think, I think it's just a really good script as far as um, how we learn certain information, which I guess is another like whodunit thing. Like it's very important when you learn certain things. Um, and then the other characters, Chase, we wonders as Emma, she's probably like the smallest role. I think she does a good job um, what she's doing. Uh, and then also Lee Pace as, greg uh and he's a really interesting one too i think he's that it's funny that i have like this older guy there um and yeah for what that character is i think we paste does a really good job as well so i think emma's kind of probably the most underwritten character so mm-hmm. she doesn't really get much to do in terms of like standing out amongst all all these other like huge personalities yeah yeah that's that's really true i think i think what she does is really good but yeah it's, it's probably more on the script level that she doesn't quite have uh, as much to do. Although she has, I think probably the best, her, her best acting moment or like most memorable for me is there's a confrontation early on when they're playing the game 
between her and Pete Davidson. And that scene, I think, is so hard to watch in a good way. Like that's really well done on the script level and a performance level. Um, yeah, it's so so interesting how like they set up different animosities between all, all these different characters. And so then, of course, we have who who the who done an aspect could go any direction almost. Um, yeah, so that's I think that's a good way to do it. Well, I'm trying to think, are there any other non-spoilery thoughts we want to get out before we drop our spoiler warning and, and talk about some more of the details of it? Uh, I think the choice to like film like 80% of the movie in complete darkness with the mm-hmm. only lighting being phone cam phone uh, flashlights. I think that's very interesting to keep up with the, like you don't know really what's going on around and kind of keep the mm-hmm. dizziness of the audience. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't expect that. I don't know if I just missed that in the trailers that this was like a hurricane. There's a hurricane coming in the storm part of it. But when the power went out and then it's dark for like most of the movie after that, I was a little surprised by that. But yeah, then and then like the phone lights, it is its own unique like visual thing. I think the cinematography is really solid in this movie. Because um, <laughs> even in all that darkness, you 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 never get too lost with like sometimes in a dark movie, it can be like unsettling and disorienting in a way and this is to some degree but like on purpose you can tell it's um i never like lost track of what i was supposed to be able to see i guess but yeah the 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 fact that it's phones too is such a it's part of the satire which i think is the next thing we're going to talk about is having these phones all the time like they're always texting and they're of course so much of gen z and i guess younger millennials depending on you know how old everyone is that that uh, I mean, the cell phone and like living your life digitally is, is such a part of that. Um, and so, yeah, bringing in so much cell phone light. And, and as you mentioned, the uh, the glow sticks as well. I it's think interesting. It's, uh, yeah, good. It's interesting that even though the power is out, the Wi-Fi is out, the, uh, they have no uh, connection, they're mm-hmm. still on their phones. Yeah. yeah. You can't yeah, use their absolutely. phones, but they're still on. They still have their phones in their hands. And there's a big pile of flashlights and batteries on the table when we first see B walk in, but they're not using those. They just use their phones. (laughs) Yeah. So funny. Well, I think now is a good time then to get into some spoilers. So if you have not watched bodies, 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 it sounds like generally we both recommend it. Check it out at the theater. It's uh, in wide release. Now go watch it and then come back. Okay. Spoiler warning over. We're not going to talk about everything in the movie, including the ending. Um, So, I wanted to talk about the satire elements of this and like sort of the comedy of it, but some of that, and we could have done that pre-spoiler warning, but I don't know some of that gets into like the film's ending. And I was like, well, let's just save that for the spoiler talk. So satirically and comedically, how well did, did body bodies bodies work for you? I think uh, it's definitely hitting at Gen Z, which I'm Gen Z. So that's <laughs> a little bit relatable. Uh, I think specifically more like privileged upper class mm-hmm. Gen Z's. And kind of like tackling like Twitter culture because there's a lot of stuff like you're canceling me, you're silencing me, you're you're mm-hmm. gaslighting me, uh, you're toxic. Those kind of languages are all throughout mm-hmm. this film, and it's definitely kind of just like how Gen Z is kind of eating each other alive of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it was interesting. So I, I I didn't know exactly the age group that it was kind of targeting, I guess, with its satire, but it is pretty much Gen Z. So I'm a millennial, um, a kind of a younger millennial, I guess. But so I think like some of that is lumped in a little bit. But yeah, it's it, the Gen Z that we, they're speaking to each other. And yeah, like it, it hits all those, um, you know, we care about mental health and I have a podcast, and like all those things are, are 
I think work really well. There was, there's just a few moments in the film where I felt like they pushed it a little too far where it didn't quite feel as organic. Um, I think it's in that scene. I, I'm trying to remember exactly what, so there's the scene with the gun, but just before that, there's also a big confrontation. No, I think it is the same scene. It's the same scene with the gun. That's right. And they're kind of standing around a fireplace and, um, that's when Alice is there and Jordan and B and Sophie and that that that's a really important scene and I think 90% of it is great there's a couple moments where it's like okay now we're kind of just listing buzzwords a little bit and when she's like oh, I'm triggered by you I'm enabled by you and it it's um those so yeah again like 95% of the satire I think worked really well uh but then I felt in just a few moments that the script could have been just a, a touch uh tighter and maybe cut a couple of those and it would have been a little bit better but yeah in general I think it's really good and to sort of as I was kind of thinking after like what is if there's like a general statement or at least what am I getting out of it um it's kind of like this this culture of this generation is is at least on the surface is more sort of kind and caring and like okay we care about mental health we care about um you know not triggering one another like all those things all these buzzwords that we're using those those things kind of exist to um in general live more harmoniously with one another but even amidst all that (laughs) this you know this culture that's supposed to be kinder to each other you can weaponize those things and still be terrible to each other and that's kind of what we see in the movie and i think you're right i was going to say that too about it's kind of the the more upper class like they even have a conversation about well we're all rich and like maybe the only exception is b who doesn't again like doesn't really belong um with in this world that she's unfamiliar with. Um, but they, <laughs> that's a really funny line. Actually. I'm just remembering where it's like, I'm not rich. She's like, your parents are upper middle class. And like, that's like a, a diss almost. It's like they, they teach at a college. <laughs> like they, of course they have money. That's it's public. Funny... Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's public. That's where that goes. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. That's so like the writing of those kind of moments, I think is so good. Like that, that was, genuinely hilarious and um, in my audience that i was with at the theater was really eating that stuff up too so that was i unfortunately only had like two people in my theater oh. two other people in my theater so i didn't really have a crowded audience to see it yeah yeah it was interesting to hear i'm always a little curious like are people going to be you know gasping at the scary things or like whatever and my audience was pretty pretty into it it wasn't a huge audience i think maybe like 30 people or something but that's bigger than most <laughs> most of the time when i go to the movies um yeah, so I, I liked all the satirical stuff in it. Um, yeah, let's see where to go here. So what do you think about the ending? I guess that that kind of, it, it yeah, what do you think about the ending and that kind of what we learn about Pete Davidson's death? Yeah, so basically the ending is Pete, no one really killed Pete Davidson. It was yeah. just, he was an idiot doing a TikTok and trying <laughs> to do what Greg did earlier in the film with the champagne bottle and the, his dad's sword. And then he accidentally just goes like cuts his neck off. Slides himself up. Yeah. And it's like all of this freaking out was for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I I love that ending. I, I think it was it was surprising. And there was a, as I'm, you know, questioning each person's motive and having different moments, oh maybe they did it. I did have the thought like, well, what if no one did it? What if he, this was an accident? Or what if he killed himself on purpose? Or like I was thinking through like what are the different possibilities there? There was a moment there I was thinking like Maybe Pete Davidson faked his death, like put fake oh, blood yeah. over himself, kind of like how Greg faked his death at the beginning when he uh, oh right when he killed yeah. her in the game. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, so I was thinking that might be it. And, uh, and then because I was thinking like 
I can't, I can see it being everyone, but also no one at the same time. And yeah. mm-hmm. it's really hard to figure it out. And then that kind of like, Oh yeah. It's kind of the perfect thing too. Cause it, then you find out, of course, this has all been a witch hunt and like no one was guilty and, and how, how quickly they could turn on each other. Well, again, having this, you know, living in this, you know, more enlightened modern era where we care more about each other's mental health and yet we can still turn on each other to the point of murdering each other um yeah the only one that ever actually kills anyone was being killing Greg. yeah yeah which is like the one person that at least me like kind of identifying with you know i think that's that's interesting like the one person that you're supposed supposed to sort of root for maybe is the only person who actually killed anyone. Uh, yeah, that's a great, a great surprise. As soon as they picked up his phone, I was like, Oh, I think, I think that it is that no one, no one killed him. Like this is a thing that some, some sort of accident happened. Uh, and the fact that he was just trying to do the sword thing is yeah. Hilarious. And the, the fact that it's Pete Davidson, the thing I was going to say before spoiler talks that I decided to say was just that I, when I saw the trailer, I was like, I wonder if Pete Davidson dies first. <laughs> like I just had the feeling just because, you know, he's the biggest name for one thing. And like, he probably didn't have as many days to shoot or whatever. So they probably didn't have as much time with him, but also there's just something I don't dislike him, but there's also something really enjoyable about watching him die. I don't know why, like something sort of cathartic uh, about the fact that Pete Davidson, and just funny, like, Oh, we have Pete Davidson here and he's going to be the first one to die a brutal death. But, yeah. I think what I saw most online is people thinking Pete Davidson was going to be the killer. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think like when I was going in, I thought Greg was going to be the first one to die. Cause he's like barely in the trailers at all. Yeah, yeah. And then when they have that fake out where he's lying on the floor after yeah. uh, Jordan tags him from bodies, bodies, bodies. And then he, I was like, oh, he's actually dead in the scene. But I think yeah. that marketing really well trying to like throw you off at yeah. who's the first to die. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I don't I mean, even think I saw Greg in the trailers at all. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I did either. Um, or at least he, I think maybe there's there's one shot of him underwater, but I can't really tell who anyone is in in those moments. Uh, that I I was looking back at the trailer uh, earlier, but but yeah, I think um, there's also a line that was in the trailers where Pete Davidson is saying something like, "It would be so obvious if I was the killer," and you know it works on the level of the game, but also in real life, of course, too or you know real life within the movie but yeah i thought the ending worked really really nicely and sort of a nice punctuation mark on the satire that that we have you know it was tiktok that killed him essentially like his own (laughs) stupidity but also he was on his phone being uh, an idiot and died that way Um, poor max coming back to all his friends being dead yeah yeah, seriously yeah and that was the other thing too is that they mentioned him was like is he is he somehow orchestrating this and he had a motive it turned out against pete davidson as well and um yeah, so I thought that worked too to have this sort of presence looming who ended up being completely innocuous. It was like, what in the world happened? Uh, yeah. Well, did you have any other kind of favorite moments, favorite jokes, anything in the film that uh, you wanted to bring up? I would love to go back and like mm. rewatch the scene where they're playing bodies, bodies, bodies and accusing each other. I yeah. would love to see if there's like any kind of like hints there I might have missed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we mentioned earlier the the that kind of confrontation between p davidson's david and emma his girlfriend and and they yeah it gets so real where she apparently has talked about their sex life with the other girls and he's so mad about that and then he goes off on this rant about how gaslighting the word gaslighting doesn't mean anything anymore yeah that scene was was i think really well written and and well performed as well um 
the only other thing I wanted to mention was um, the <laughs> hilarious misunderstanding around the word vet because <laughs> they find out, oh, he's a vet. He, and then they, they just kind of run with that. He's been in Iraq or, or Afghanistan or wherever. So of course he's violent. Of course he's the killer. And he has his knife in his backpack and all of this. <laughs> like he's a veterinarian's assistant. <laughs> he works with animals and he's, so we have this one idea of him, but he's actually like really Zen. And like we meet him in the gym and he's just listening to music and like doing some sort of meditation. <laughs> like, so he's actually this like kind of woo woo hippie kind of guy and uh we murdered him so how sad that's such a huge house having like a gym in there oh my god and then in the beginning where uh david and sophie are going to like i guess david's dad's like office room it feels Mm -hmm. like they're going like deep into a hall down like a bunch of hallways like how big is this house yeah. And you never really get a great sense of that, which is another thing that probably works on the sort of the mystery level of like, and, and kind of with the cinematography to keep you guessing about, we don't really know, we don't have a great sense of the layout. So it's, you, you don't really know, like, oh, this person's about to come around the corner because we don't really understand the building that well. So like, there's a scene where Alice is uh, kind of stumbling through the dark and she's so upset because people are dying. And then she just kind of trips over Emma's body Um and I didn't even know she was near the stairwell, right? And then we found out, oh, and then you find out later that she probably just tripped down the stairs. Um, but yeah, that's, I think that the setting was used really well in that way as well. Yeah. I do kind of wish the house kind of had more of a personality to it, kind of like mm-hmm. Clue or Knives Out, where like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, each room kind of has its distinct, where you know all this stuff. Like yeah. by the end, you kind of like know each room. I kind of wish it would have been more. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. in that kind of like all these specific rooms and that's just not just kind of like generic kind of confusing house yeah yeah that's true that's true um i just thought it too about um when alice dies so she's been wearing these um the the glow sticks that you mentioned like as a necklace and as bracelets and that that provides a lot of light for some of the scenes but when she finally dies in sort of a scuffle over the gun one of them kind of falls and it looks like a halo. I thought that was a kind of a cool visual touch. Oh, I didn't she's notice sort of, that. She's sort of angelic in that moment or saintly or something. And because I think she's the first person, maybe this is not true. I'd have to rewatch it, but it seemed like she, she has her issues, right? But she's more or less kind of innocent. Like she hasn't been in a lot of the big fights where she's like doing drugs and whatever else. But um, so maybe I'd have to rewatch to see if that theory holds water. But um, it, yeah. And, and maybe I am reading too much into that. Maybe it wasn't an intentional visual thing, but I kind of noticed as like, oh, she looks like, you know, Mother Mary or something with this halo behind her. But of course, it's like blood because she's just been shot. But anyway, I think this has this movie has like a ton of re- rewatchability factors to it. Yeah, like I think mm. I could like it even more on a rewatch potentially. I think so too, because even if you know the ending, it actually only makes it you know more interesting to see you know some of the setups of it and. And the, I think the jokes are such that they'll still be funny on a rewatch as well. Could be even funnier because just like now you know all of this is kind of for nothing. It's kind of just overblown. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The satire might come through even even more strongly that way. Yeah. Well, cool. Thank you so much, Jordan, for joining us. This has been a great conversation. That's Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. See it in theaters now, and I'm sure it will be on VOD before too long. But uh, yeah, this has been great. Yeah, again, I want to have you back uh, at least for Knives Out 2. I don't think they've quite announced the release date on that, but sometime this year that's supposed it to be It said holiday out. season on that. Yeah, okay. Uh, 
title announcement thing. So, so November, December, November, probably. December, something like that. Yes, definitely back for that, and and maybe before that as well. Love to love to have you back on the show. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Huge thanks to Jordan Woodson for coming on the show today. I was so thrilled to learn that Jordan's a huge fan of whodunits. I couldn't have picked a better guest for this film. Coming up on the show, I will continue my series on the French New Wave with Omaya Jones. On the next one, we're talking about the left bank. What is the left bank within the French New Wave movement? Who are the directors associated with that? And we're going to look at a film by Agnes Varda called One Sings, The Other Doesn't. In addition to a short film called La Jatay, which Omaya says is the greatest short film of all time. So the hype couldn't be any higher. I'm excited to check that one out soon and talk about it with Omaya on next week's show. And with that, thank you, thank you for listening to Art House Garage. We've got a few years worth of episodes. You can hear all of those in your podcast app of choice. Our theme music is by composer Paul Hunefeld. Learn more at appallingproductions.com. If you want to support Art House Garage, become a patron over at patreon.com slash arthousegarage or find a link in the show notes. You can also buy an Art House Garage t-shirt at arthousegarage.com slash shop. If you want to support us without spending any money, leave a rating or review in your podcast app, and that is hugely helpful. Stay in the loop about Art House Garage and the films we're covering by subscribing to our email newsletter. That's at arthousegarage.com slash subscribe, or you can email me directly, andrew at arthousegarage.com. And of course, follow on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Just search at Arthouse Garage in all those places or find links in the show notes. And that will do it for this episode. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, keep it snob free.